Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, and I am sitting in my dining room because I ate too much of something I should not have eaten last night, and my stomach still hurts, so I can't do my 3,000 steps before breakfast or before work as easily as I would have. So I did 2,000, and now I'm taking a little break. thought I would post my topic for the morning. I was pondering today Snapchat's insularity. We tend to think of it as a problem if we come at it from the position of people who want to be popular and have dollar signs in their eyeballs. (laughs) Those kind of people are turned off by Snapchat because the platform doesn't make it easy for them. For example, you cannot link people to your Snapchat content. I can't say, hey, I had this great, great story yesterday. You really need to see it. Here's the link. There is none. I also can't easily post that content on other platforms. I can do it. People do it. But it's, you know, you just have to jump through some hoops. You got to go to your content, got to download it. And then you got to make sure it's in the format to easily send it out to other platforms, whether it's audio only or a certain size video, like something that fits Instagram best or something that works best for Twitter. I think that another issue with them is that there's no way to really measure your reach. There's no way to tell if you're popular, if you're being successful. You can count your members list, but who's going to take the time to physically count? I've tried doing that and yeah. It's just it's a waste of time. So that return on investment that, uh, you know, the brand and marketing people want is not easy enough to obtain on Snapchat. And it weeds out those kind of people. Now, the question is, is that a bad thing or a good thing? I'm not somebody who is concerned about popularity. I, I'm not driven by statistics showing that I'm, you know, one of the top Snappers, So I don't need that kind of feedback. And that allows me to focus on being creative and putting out content that's meaningful to me and allowing me to make friends and keep my mind on what I originally joined Snapchat for, which was the creativity and the ability to meet people from around the world and to learn from those people. Now, that's good. And if that's what Snapchat wants, then those are the people that are going to stick around to use that platform. On the other hand, there are maybe a few things Snapchat could do that might not corrupt the platform, but still make it a little more attractive to other types of users that might bring in uh, funds for Snap. We're going to explore that in the next segment when I talk about Anchor as a comparison. So Anchor, in comparison to Snapchat, seems to give us a little bit more feedback as far as popularity. One thing that Snapchat does that I didn't mention is that you can look and see how many people, how many eyes have viewed your story or your, at least the elements making up your story. So you could have 10 snaps in a story and maybe 50 people saw the first two and then it kind of dropped off by the end. So those are helpful stats to let you know 
maybe ways that you can tweak your content to keep people watching. But that's probably of all the features that Snapchat has in-app, that's the probably the best one to let you know about popularity. And you will hear people say, um, very rarely, but you'll hear people compare the number of eyes on their snaps and uh, with other people. So um, on Anchor, you have a few more ways. You, you can see how many people are listening to your uh, podcast. You can uh, get applause. And if you get a lot of applause, that's, I guess, more meaningful than just a smattering of applause. You get uh, people putting comments. They're echoing your content. Those are all ways for us to know that we are, we're hitting a, a chord with people. And of course, there's that top 20. There are people who chase that top 20, that top 100, but really that top 20. Now, um, I think the major offerings that Anchor has is that you could export your content. So I can share a link to people on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook saying, hey, I got a podcast out. You should listen to this content. I can also use links inside my podcast uh, right on the face of that podcast. So you can look at the name of my show and see a link and click on it. Or you can go into my comments and click on a variety of links. I've seen people creatively use the comments or the title section and have actual, maybe a little story, (laughs) which is a cool way to use it. So I think Anchor is just a little easier for attracting more users and getting people to hear you outside of Anchor. And then, of course, on iTunes and some other podcast platforms, you can get ratings and reviews, which are helpful if you want to improve your content. The question is, can Snapchat use some of these ideas without wrecking that insular quality that it has? And I think Anchor is showing how that can be done. I still feel that Anchor is a small community, which for me feels great. It makes me a little bit braver about putting out content. And I still can publish that content to something larger like iTunes without being scared, (laughs) you know, without being fearful. When I'm publishing directly on iTunes, I just get this idea that there are potentially millions of people out there who could hear this. But on Anchor, I feel like I'm talking to friends. So it it really does help to have that small town feel within Anchor and yet be able to reach so many more people. Snapchat, I think, could benefit from that without corrupting the community feeling that a lot of us creatives are more interested in. What do you guys think? Do you think that you would continue to use Snapchat if you could link people somehow to your content so that people who don't have the app could still see what you produced? Would you use that feature? And if you could see how popular you were in the app, would that make the experience of using the app even more joyful? Or do you think you would start focusing more on content and popularity and maybe not so much on community building and connecting with others. Chime in.
All right, let's change gears for a moment. I want to introduce you to a new app. Yesterday, I talked about High Future Self and how I use that to really enhance the quality of my life. Well, today's app enhances my creativity when it comes to all of my social media, whether it's Snapchat or Anchor. And this is music. I love music. I have no internal musical talent. I just, I don't have it. Wasn't born with it. Haven't been able to cultivate it. But thanks to the internet and the creative app creators who allow us to use their skills and talent and vision for free, I have been able to put music in the background of my social media posts and, uh, and feel really good about it. <laughs> feel like I actually created something. So today's app is called Blocks Wave. B-L-O-C-S-W-A-V-E. I think it's free, but um, I can't tell because once you download an app, uh, it just allows you to open it. It doesn't allow you to see whether it costs anything. But I do think it's free and there are in-app purchases. But it comes with enough stuff that you can play around and create background tracks, which is what you heard with my previous two segments a few moments ago. Uh, the thing I like about Blocks Wave more than with other apps is how it's a lot easier to control what you're doing in the background. So what I do is I create my track using whatever it is that they've um, offered in terms of genres of music. So say I want kind of a hip-hop feel, even though I can mix and match genres, I might have it auto-create um, some kind of a hip-hop kind of background or maybe something orchestral, whatever. And then I can go in there and change each of the tracks within whatever I'm producing. So if I want that orchestral uh, background, but in the next segment I'm going to maybe speak about something a little more dramatically, I might add a little punch. Maybe I'll add uh, a different type of instrument to add a little drama. I could easily do this. And not only that, I can go in and lower the volume of certain tracks. I can lower the, the volume of everything I've got going on. I can isolate certain instruments. It's just it, 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 it's not hard to do. Obviously, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's not difficult, and it's a lot of fun. So that's what I use today in the background. Now, I have used other apps for music in the background. I've tried GarageBand. I've tried um, Launchpad. I've tried... Uh, there are so many, and I'll talk about those in the future uh, in future segments. But today, I'm emphasizing Blocks Wave just because... I like the ease in which it can be used. It's fun. Uh, you can record your tracks so that you can bring them up again in the future, or you can just generate them in such a way that maybe you won't even remember how you did it. I kind of like that because it prevents me from doing the same thing over and over again. Anyway, I would love for you guys to check it out. And if you do, if you like having background tracks that are a little bit different than what Anchor offers, then let me know what you think about it. And if you have any tips or tricks as far as using that app that other people can benefit from, I'll be happy to air whatever it is that you 
want to share with us. Have fun.